Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for the final episode of 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, you might want to double check if your LastPass master password is safe. Apple has issued stock to try to retain a bunch of their key talent. Google is dangling investments in front of startups to try to win their cloud business. And of course, the weekend long read suggestions. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Some LastPass users say their master passwords were compromised and then used in blocked login attempts from unknown IPs. LastPass blames credential stuffing, quoting Bleeping Computer. Reports of compromised LastPass master passwords are streaming in via multiple social media sites and online platforms, including Twitter, Reddit, and Hacker News. LogMeIn Global PR slash AR Senior Director Nicolette Basco Album told Bleeping Computer that, quote, LastPass investigated recent reports of blocked login attempts and determined the activity is related to fairly common bot-related activity in which a malicious or bad actor attempts to access user accounts, in this case, LastPass, using email addresses and passwords obtained from third-party breaches related to other unaffiliated services. It is important to note that we do not have any indications that accounts were successfully accessed or that the LastPass service was otherwise compromised by an unauthorized party. We regularly monitor for this type of activity and will continue to take steps designed to ensure that LastPass, its users, and their data remain protected and secured. Basco Album added, however, users receiving these warnings have stated that their passwords are unique to LastPass and not used elsewhere. Bleeping Computer has asked LastPass about these concerns, but has not received a reply as of yet. While LastPass didn't share any details regarding how the threat actors behind these credential stuffing attempts were operating, security researcher Bob Diachenko said he recently found thousands of LastPass credentials while going through Redline Stealer malware logs. Bleeping Computer was also told by LastPass customers who received such login alerts that their emails were not in the list of login pairs harvested by Redline Stealer, found by Diachenko. This means that, at least in the case of some of these reports, the threat actors behind the takeover attempts used some other means to to steal their target's master passwords. Some customers have also reported changing their master passwords since they received the login warning, only to receive another alert after the password was changed. LastPass users are advised to enable multi-factor authentication to protect their accounts, even if their master password was compromised, end quote. Thanks to listener Rich Porter, by the way, for tipping me on this story a couple of days ago. Something, something... Maybe all the fang companies are afraid of losing talent to Web3 all of a sudden. According to Mark Gurman's sources, Apple has issued rare bonuses of restricted stock worth anywhere in a range of $50,000 to $180,000 to select engineers. This comes after Meta poached around 100 Apple engineers over the past few months. Maybe that rebrand to Meta is doing what it was designed to do. Quoting Bloomberg, 
Last week, the company informed some engineers in silicon design, hardware, and select software and operations groups of the out-of-cycle bonuses, which are being issued as restricted stock units according to people with knowledge of the matter. The shares vest over four years, providing an incentive to stay at the iPhone maker. The bonuses, which came as a surprise to those who received them, have ranged from about $50,000 to as much as $180,000 in some cases. Many of the engineers received amounts of roughly $80,000 to $100,000 or $120,000 in shares, said the people who asked not to be identified because the program isn't public. The perk was presented by managers as a reward for high performers. Apple is waging a talent war with companies in Silicon Valley and beyond, with Meta emerging as a particular threat. Meta has hired about 100 engineers from Apple in the last few months, but it hasn't been a one-way street. Apple has also lured away key Meta employees. The two companies are likely to become fierce rivals in augmented and virtual reality headsets and smartwatches, with both planning major hardware releases over the next two years. The bonus program has irked some engineers who didn't receive the shares and believe the selection process is arbitrary. The value of some of the bonuses equaled the annual stock grant given to some engineering managers, and their value stands to increase if Apple's stock price continues to rise. The shares are up about 36% this year, putting the company's market market capitalization at nearly $3 trillion. Meta, meanwhile, has stepped up efforts to poach engineering talent from Apple's augmented reality, artificial intelligence, software, and hardware engineering divisions. The social media giant, which operates Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, has dangled significant salary raises as it looks to refocus around hardware and the so-called metaverse. A talent drain has also hit other areas, including Apple's self-driving car team. The company needs to maintain its engineering prowess as it works on several next-generation devices, including the car, VR and AR headsets, and future versions of the iPhone. At the same time, Apple's drumbeat to return to the office has jarred some employees, leading to engineering defections. Though the company has delayed its deadline for staff to come back, it's taking a harder line on in-person work than some of its technology peers." End quote. That last segment speaks to a potential tech world war, one of zero-sum games battling it out guns pointed at everybody's head, sort of circular firing squad style as we've been discussing, so so does this. Google, Microsoft, and Oracle have apparently been dangling offers to invest in startups, which, okay, you invest in a company, maybe it's a winner, and your investment pays off. Most big tech companies have investment arms for this reason. But also, those three companies are locked in a heated battle to win potential clients to their cloud operations in order to beat the leader in cloud computing, AWS. So talk about a win-win-win. Maybe your investment pays off down the road, but in the meantime, you encourage a young and growing company to become a client for your cloud services. Reminder that Google claims around 6% of the cloud market, behind AWS at a 41% market share and Microsoft at 20%, quoting the Wall Street Journal. With Thomas Kurian serving as Google Cloud Chief Executive since 2019 after a long tenure at Oracle, the Alphabet unit has been tapping its $142 billion treasure chest of cash to make it more attractive to customers. Google has taken equity stakes over the past year in companies including Univision and CME Group, in turn winning multi-year commitments to its cloud service worth as much as $1 billion or more. The deals make Google among the most aggressive of several big companies seeking to gain ground on Amazon, the cloud market leader. Microsoft has also taken stakes in several startups as part of deals that entail them using its cloud, and Oracle last year tried to buy a major stake in TikTok as part of a deal to have the China-owned social media app use its cloud service, and cited the boost to its cloud business this month in announcing its biggest ever deal, the planned 20 
$28.3 billion acquisition of the medical records company Cerner Corp. The nascent strategy has helped Google boost its market share in a huge and rapidly expanding industry that is key for its growth. Google now claims 6% of the cloud market, up one percentage point from a year earlier, though it's still far behind Amazon's 41% and Microsoft's 20% share. No one wants to do this buying customers, but if you're number three or four, you have to be creative, said Holger Muller, an analyst at Constellation Research who focuses on enterprise technologies. The investments underscore how tech companies' robust cash flows give them a big edge over smaller competitors in selling cloud infrastructure services, the core business of providing rented remote computing power and storage. Those companies can afford the huge infrastructure investments necessary to build multi-billion dollar data centers and subsidize the costs of moving clients to their cloud systems, helping explain why three companies control two-thirds of the market. Alphabet investors see Google Cloud as its most promising growth area and best chance to diversify beyond the online advertising business that accounts for 80% of sales. The cloud unit, which began disclosing financials in 2020, recorded more revenue in the first nine months of 2021 than for all of 2020 and is expected to grow 50% to $19.26 billion for the full year. Those gains have carried high costs, with the company spending aggressively to develop infrastructure and expand its sales team. Google Cloud in the January to September period halved its operating loss from a year earlier to $2.2 billion. Google's deals have covered customers in a range of sizes and sectors. In the span of little more than a year, it has invested $1 billion in the futures exchange company CME Group, $450 million in the home security provider ADT, and undisclosed sums in the Spanish-language media company Univision and the health tech startup Tempest Labs. All have signed long-term cloud computing contracts with Google. Microsoft announced an investment and cloud deal with the food delivery startup Grab Holdings in 2018. Mr. Kurian floated the idea of adopting a similar strategy to catch up with its rivals, former Google Cloud executive said. The investments were designed to give companies another reason to choose Google over rivals and convince them that Google was financially committed to developing technologies to benefit their businesses. Microsoft has continued leveraging investments into emerging startups to strike cloud partnerships as well, with one of its largest bets being a stake in General Motors' driverless car startup Cruise. Under terms of the deal, Cruise will allow Microsoft's Azure cloud computing platform to roll out its autonomous vehicle services. As Microsoft proceeded, Google followed suit, taking part in a $200 million investment round for Chicago-based Tempest, which uses artificial intelligence to improve patient care. As part of the 2020 investment, Google offered significant discounts for Tempest to move its cloud from Amazon, said a person familiar with details of the deal, end quote. Guys, we don't have to choose between hair growth and our health. Nutrafol's drug-free, whole-body approach promotes hair growth from within. No compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a 
limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code RIDEHOME. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code RIDEHOME. We're being sponsored today by a company on a product that longtime listeners know I have used for years and cannot, literally cannot live or at least work without it. 1Password. 1Password combines industry-leading security with award-winning design to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. Companies lose hours every day just from employees forgetting and resetting passwords. A single data breach costs millions of dollars. 1Password secures every sign-in to save you time and money, any device, any time. 1Password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. I started using 1Password, what, a decade ago? Join me and over 100,000 businesses on board the 1Password bandwagon. Because right now, my listeners get Get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash ride. That's two free weeks at the number one, the word password, all one word, dot com slash ride. Onepassword.com slash ride. Time for the weekend long read suggestions. And first up from my file of when will somebody give me the background story on Thing X from the New York Times, the story of how Discord, you know, happened. Quote, the platform has more than 150 million active users each month, up from 56 million in 2019, with nearly 80% logging in from outside North America. It has expanded from gamers to music aficionados, students, and cryptocurrency enthusiasts. Discord's evolution into a mainstream tool has been an unexpected twist in Mr. Citron's career. Mr. Citron, 37, said he grew up playing video games in Long Island, nearly failed to graduate from Full Sail University in Florida because he spent so much time playing World of Warcraft and went on his first date with his future wife at an arcade. So many of my best memories came from those experiences, so my whole career has been about giving other people the power to create those kinds of moments in their lives, he said. Before Discord, he ran a social gaming network, OpenFaint, which he sold in 2011 to the Japanese gaming company Gree for $104 million. Mr. Citron was considered by others in the gaming community to be innovative because he tried to keep gamers' attention through social interactions with their friends, a new strategy at the time in the nascent mobile gaming market, end quote. Next, this is also a sort of explainer. Why do we keep having these disputes break out between streaming services and rights holders over and over again? From The Verge, quote, These disputes are part of the growing pains that come with making content deals in such a new space. Zubchevich says networks don't want to make long-lasting deals because it's hard to estimate what their content will be worth, even a couple years out. Quote, carriage deals are so short because viewing is growing so rapidly, it's nearly impossible to quantify a multi-year deal or predict what viewing will look like on a longer time frame, Zubchevich says, quote, and it's so last minute because they're trying to determine whether content or eyeballs are king, waiting to see who will blink first as it plays out in public view, end quote. Plus, new ad formats and distribution options make streaming-era negotiations for content even more complex. Analy Mida, 
co-founder and CEO of analytics company Diesel Labs, tells The Verge, there's a lot of unknown around content value and the monetization potential, Mita says. There's also the need to maintain much more flexibility given the industry is still transforming around us. As a result, it's not a big surprise that the negotiations are much more complex and taking longer, end quote. Then, from Bloomberg Businessweek, a long-overdue profile of Shopify founder Toby Lutka, with an interesting little historical tidbit here. Quote, An even more critical event came a few months after the Shopify IPO. Amazon also operated a service that let independent merchants run their websites called WebStore. Bang & Olufsen, Fruit of the Loom, and Lacoste were among the 80,000 or so companies that used it to run their online shops. If he wanted to, Jeff Bezos surely had the resources and engineering prowess to crush Shopify and steal its momentum. But in late 2015, in one of Bezos's periodic purges of underachieving businesses, he agreed to close WebStore. Then, in a rare strategic mistake that's likely to go down in the annals of corporate blunders, Amazon sent its customers to Shopify and proclaimed publicly that the Canadian company was its preferred partner for the WebStore diaspora. In exchange, Shopify agreed to offer Amazon pay to its merchants and let them easily list their products on Amazon's marketplace. Shopify also paid Amazon $1 million, a financial arrangement that's never been previously reported. Bezos and his colleagues believed that supporting small retailers and their online shops was never going to be a large, profitable business. They were wrong. Small online retailers generated about $153 billion in sales in 2020, according to AMI Partners. Shopify made us look like fools, says the former Amazon executive, end quote. And finally today, and finally this year, a hopeful piece from Wired. Are we at the dawn of physics-supplied energy? Is power about to become cleaner, cheaper, better? Is it going to start happening next year? Quote, In the beginning, we got all of our energy from biology, from manpower and the plants and food we consumed. As our energy needs increased, we sought to leverage other sources still using biology. We used the energy source provided by the muscles of animals, harnessing the ox, the horse, the camel, and more. Let's call this the age of biology-supplied energy. Just over a century ago, things changed dramatically. Because of our ever-increasing energy needs, we switched from biology to chemistry. To create the energy we urgently required, we began burning things. Let's call this the age of chemistry, supplied energy. Thanks to this new approach, humanity witnessed a huge explosion in global GDP per capita. This new way of getting our energy helped to bring about the modern industrialized world as we know it. But as we also now know, it also changed the world in another more serious way. The problem with getting our energy from chemistry was that the results of all that burning went into the air, eroding the atmosphere and increasing the threat of climate change that we confront today. Starting just a few years ago, though, we entered another age with physics now primed to replace chemistry as the most economically practical source of energy. Physics, by harnessing renewable sun and wind power, has enabled for the first time access to a massive source of energy that is cheaper than chemistry-provided energy, all while putting nothing harmful into the atmosphere. We are at the dawn of the age of physics-supplied energy. Through physics, and our engineering and computational skills, we are converting sunlight to useful energy far more cheaply than anything we can burn. By embracing physics, we are also solving issues regarding those energy sources, such as intermittency, while availing ourselves of their massive advantages, most prominently their abundance. The sun provides 10,000 times more energy than is needed by all of humanity every single day, and unlike fossil fuels, solar energy gets cheaper as more is produced. For every doubling in solar energy production, costs fall by more than 20%. 
Today, with the ubiquitous technology of the microprocessor, mass production, and new materials, we are building the infrastructure to capture, convert, and transport energy from where sunshine is abundant to where it is needed and to store it for use when the sun is not shining. These are engineering challenges, nothing more, and we will continue to see solutions to them in 2022." End quote. So as mentioned, this is the last episode of the year. I'm going to take tomorrow and Friday off. And also, no bonus episode this weekend. So let me take this time to wish you, yes, you, I'm talking directly to you, Happy New Year to you and yours. Thanks for being a listener as always. See you on the other side in 2022. Talk to you then.